episode two of Workflow Podcast. I'm delighted to have Ryan Hayden and Keith Bourne in, better known as Alyssa, but also known as Alyssa Dublin on uh, all socials. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. No worries, lads. Uh, you're always welcome in the shed. It's yeah. fucking great it's like, to catch up with yeah. you, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's been oh, it's been, it's been a minute. A while, it's been yeah. a minute. It's been we've, a been, we've been we've been AWOL with the gigs for a while. For, yeah. for, yeah. for well, poison you're, you're at Tramline for Sydney. Was, yeah, it was at Sydney Shells and Tramline, but it was at I think when COVID kind of kicked in, I just stopped going. Not that I, like I wasn't worried about anything like that, but I just kind of lost interest and shit like that. And then when I wasn't playing, I kind of took a hiatus then from DJing like by Andy and Dirty Seventeen. I just kind of. I don't know, just took a bit of a break then. And it, I think the break, the momentum of the break lasted longer than I wanted. Yeah. But then I kind of fell out of the flow of that. But uh, yeah, I suppose we'll kick it off with happy birthday, lads. The big seven. That's seven, it, yeah. Seven, seven years. Tipping on a while now. I know, he's getting old now. That's that's <laughs> yeah. not a dog years, that's human years. I never would have thought it starting off. Like no, that, really. no, definitely. Tipping on to seven, like it was... So, yeah, well, I mean, well, I, I remember you from when you started. I wasn't there from like the initial gig, the very first one in Sweeney's, but I remember... I think it was maybe gig three or four. Did yeah, you come in for the first? early days? Was well, it Andy's in... debut? Was it? Or oh, did yeah. you come in for No, Andy's debut was like, let's say week three or whatever, it was week three or four. Right. And then I was living abroad with Erasmus yeah. and then I came home and then I think the gig was cancelled, I think, for that weekend. So I missed that one. But then, whatever it was, two or three months later, I was due to come home anyway. So I came home then, then that's when I started going in. So I probably about six and a half years ago maybe we yeah, started yeah. going to, to the gigs like, so that's yeah. probably how long we know he is yeah, as I well I remember you used to come in with Andy all the time yeah. and he'd be coming in for his sets and then yeah. it was, that was before Dirty 17 kicked off oh yeah that was, that was well for it yeah. in the background you'd yeah. start because yeah. he had the gigs you were kind of messing around with him on the decks and stuff weren't you yeah look I, I, had, like, I didn't have an option about DJing at yeah. all like, I didn't have a clear what to do and then <clears throat> because he only lives on the, the next road over I just we hung around each other since we were kids like, so yeah. it, as he was doing that then I would go into the gaff then and we just kind of mess around. Like he was showing me little bits then and then that kind of was my introduction into that. But um, yeah, fuck it, we may as well just kick it, kick, yeah, kick yeah. it off and head right back. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, your influences, lads. How did you get into? It? Like, is about let's let's clear the air here. Is about DJs obviously and event promoters. Uh, Keith, I don't. Know, did you actually ever like? Did you get into production at all? No, because yeah, I know yeah, I did. I had a me and a fella, a young lad one of my mate's brothers we started producing years ago I remember that yeah Havix, we had a it? yeah Havoc so we had a little duo going for a while but then I don't know re- what really actually happened we just stopped I got more busier with Illicit and stuff like that yeah, so just... we just kind of went and he was, in, he was in college so we just kind of put it on the back burner for a while and then just never picked it back up again really yeah that was it and then Alyssa kind of took over then, really. and then you started to kind of focus on that then yeah bit, pretty much yeah. and I, I found myself I kind of enjoyed the promoting end of things and and doing that more so than actually DJing. We're still DJing a bit as well though. Just yeah, throughout but, the, yeah. the start of it. But even late, like the last few years, I've barely DJed. Like I've done one set this year. Really, in yeah. the whole of twenty twenty two. Yeah, one yeah. set. Like I so. suppose someone has to keep the train on the tracks as well. <laughs> That's it, yeah, yeah. But I just I don't know. Especially just, that bollocks episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, my style doesn't really fit the illicit brand. Really, you know what I mean. And then yeah. there's not many places are collectives don't playing this type of music I play so and they're all kind of pretty much sold up now with their residents and it's quite a niche sound yeah it is very within yeah. Dublin anyway it's, it's a very European kind of sound as well so yeah kind of German kind yeah, of yeah, exactly, yeah. So, not techno or anything like that but yeah it's just a bit more and and Hayden how did you kind of look you're obviously producing now like and oh, now we are solo and digital waxway collie mm-hmm. who we had on the last episode how, like, at what point did you kind of set to realize that Production, you could you could do 
like you could produce music and, and started to do it like what, what was the kind of production the influence would have came from my stepbrother Luke Luke Kelly um, he he always was messing around with like Fruity Loops and all at home I lived yeah. with him for when I was like 16 so he gave me my first I bought my first controller off him and that's I, getting into DJing like I bought the controller off him messing around with it at home loved it because he had it I was like this is fucking deadly he didn't really have much interest in it he was more the production end of it yeah um, continued with Fruity Loops stuff like that so I ended up buying that controller off him and just got hooked on making little mixes on uh, was it Tractor I used Crack Tractor Crack Tractor Yeah Tractor I think I used Yeah <laughs> Crack Tractor yeah. Um, But yeah uh, so You just one now <laughs> Messing around with DJ And I got hooked on Just messing with Mixing tunes And recording them And stuff like that And then sent off I think I Entered a mix competition Got my first gig off that Yeah And that's how I met Keith Because yeah, Keith was, was on that mix competition He was in that mix And we were on the same lineup. So we, we That was the first time we, uh, we, we actually met But that was Well before we got into events Or doing anything like yeah. that Yeah See, like, and for as long as I know you, and it's it's probably about the same time, same amount of time I knew Collie as well. It was probably about six, seven years. Yeah. I don't like. I obviously I, I know the story nearly from the start, but I don't know how like the pre-story. Like how how did kind of listen then come from that? Like when you were obviously in that that competition together, like you were obviously chatting then and, and got to know each other's production styles and music from that. But how did that then kind of segue into? It was, let's, let's do an event or was, like, did it, was it an event first or what happened there yeah no so we were just both on the same lineup for that DJ and, and that was my first ever gig I don't know if Keith had played a couple of gigs yeah, but I think I you were playing in Swords or something yeah, like that beforehand yeah. but um, yeah I don't even think we didn't really get chatting too much at that gig we just happened to be on the same lineup and then did we uh, go back to back uh, something fairly quickly after that I think that was Rouge and Swords or was something. Was it Rouge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were just kind of, we, we were getting put on the same lineups and we were getting chatting and stuff like that. And then I had put up, I wanted to run my own gig and I don't know what made me kind of want to do it. I suppose n- lack of gigs, not knowing many people within the industry and just yeah. wanted to maybe start up our own gig. Um, start to build your own network. Yeah, so I put up a post on Facebook, like looking for someone to do artwork and Keith had gotten back to me saying, yeah, I can do something up for you. Um, and that was before Illicit. Like that's, I think Funhouse was the name of the event. Yeah, Funhouse, yeah. And, uh, I'd, I'd started that up just off my own intuition I hadn't a clue thought you just book a line up you know book a venue loads of people show up you make some money and get to play to loads of people and yeah. like I was so wrong I gave Keith a set for doing the artwork yeah, that's only, I think it was it was a seven no it was more than seven years ago because Alyssa yeah it's so, longer than that too. yeah jeez Maybe I was probably only 18 or 19 at the time it like, could be nine, eight or nine years eight ago eight or nine years yeah. ago pushing on, pushing on like, 10 yeah. nearly yeah. 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 Jesus. yeah probably um, so yeah it started with that and then the event we booked Jonathan Coyley and uh, Dan Stritch to go back to back and it's like, two point eight of Dublin 10 people showed up I think yeah but that was solely nothing to do with the two boys. It was just solely down to us not having a clue what we were doing. Oh, of course, time, yeah, you know? absolutely, yeah. Um, and again, not even us. Like that was me. Keith wasn't involved in terms of the promotion side of it. He was just playing a DJ set. So after that, um, I was trying to figure out what to do next and how to actually make a party work. We were kind of texting each other and just throwing ideas back and forth and kind of just asking, "Do you want to do this with me?" And let's 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 have a bash at kind of doing this together because you you seem to have an interest in it and you yeah. you're able to do the artwork and stuff. So we're throwing ideas. So let's do it. Like. So it's kind of came, came out of from all angles really, like yeah, the, yeah, the music yeah. events and the artwork. And I went and wrapped up. I was on Fever Radio as well at the time, and so was Keith. So we were kind of had communication through that as well. We were we two were different always, shows, obviously. Then yeah, 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 two different shows. That was nothing to do with like the events we were doing around. We just happened to be on the same radio show as well, same yeah. radio station as well. So we were throwing ideas back and forth. We were in communication. Quite yeah, a lot. it's kind of familiar with each other without, yeah, yeah. without kind of like yeah. Not even, it, I wouldn't say that he's my mates, but he's kind of didn't really know of each other as much. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Just more from that. 
point of view, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of the origins of it, and then we started up uh, another thing. I think Aura, and then uh, that fell through. That fell through. We didn't even get to do the launch night for that, and then we we're like, right, let's have a proper bash at this. Like, we need to do something proper. That brand is dead already. We didn't even get yeah. to do it properly. We weren't happy with it. We just weren't <laughs> yeah. feeling it. Yeah. And, uh, probably not something we would have seen anyway. Look at from because uh, it was no. that long ago. Like, yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah, serve yeah. us that, that long. Very many on. people. I yeah. doubt if anybody even remembers it to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Like it was like a flash in the pan. It was a few weeks, and then it was like. Right, we're gonna start again. Start again. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of had that heart and drive to keep going yeah. and figure out what we're gonna do to make this work. And eventually, we we, we got Sweeney's basement. Yeah. Tour time is, lucky, which is now yeah, yeah. tour time lucky, which Was, is yeah. now uh, Mulligan and Hands there on Dame Street. Um, Dame, Dame Lane. Dame, uh, yeah, Dame. Well, Lane. it's Dame Street, but the. From the what I remember was it, yeah, you go through Dame Lane, like that's that's the entrance to the yeah, base. The it's the stairs to the main door, yeah, beside down, the main door. Yeah, correct. Yeah, at the back, like, the yeah. Yeah, so that was the, the launch night started there. We could only get a tour's day, so we started there and we got a weekly night. And I suppose we like the people we were getting in, we had so many friends and people in different backgrounds of music that we, we didn't have a specific genre. It wasn't yeah. a house night, it wasn't a techno night. Each week we'd display different genres. So it was just a club night. Yeah, it was a club night. Every yeah. Thursday we kinda of, I think we did market it as a student night, but it was it was yeah, I didn't don't really, think a single student showed no, up. It was no. like yeah, it was a very yeah, we always had all, lots of mainly friends and older. Yeah. It was an older crowd, especially with Sweeney's as well. Uh, we were a bit younger then, so it was easier to yeah, get our mates out. Yeah, the, <laughs> kind of the location of Sweeney's as well, it's kind of it's surrounded by kind of older establishments. It's not really yeah. like you where, get a lot of it's not around any like universities, it's not around no, any no, like no, no, you get a lot of walk-ins. where all the, all the students go anyway. Like, yeah, so, yeah, so uh, yeah, that was just weekly for months until yeah. it shut down, and that was yeah. that was. Set up solely as uh, illicit then from then on, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always that was illicit. That was when we made the bash to the illicit and it worked the first night. It was really busy. Yeah. And it just worked. They asked us to come back and do it weekly and we did. And every week we do a different genre. So it could be drum and bass one week, it could be techno the next and yeah. You know, we were always the artwork would always be different. It was like nearly a different team for each. I remember the drum and bass ones. I remember they're a bit seeing, <laughs> Yeah, because I think at the start, from what I remember anyway, there was more people at the drum and bass ones because Yeah. Drum and bass has a bit of a, like a niche audience nearly as well. Like yeah, the, and it was not a cult following, but like the amount of people that like you'd see the same faces every week at the same drum and bass gigs, and they were yeah. always consistent. Oh, it's a lovely community. The, yeah, yeah, they were yeah, always yeah, consistent, yeah. and they always brought the buzz as well. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. But like I think Sweeney's had an influence on that as well because Sweeney's always had reggae and stuff going. Yeah. And um, the type of music that was on in Sweeney's and people that hung around. It's a bit more acceptable in that. Like not so, to say that it wasn't accepted anywhere else, but yeah, that yeah was a bit more yeah, accessible exactly. So it. compared to walking into a random pub or a club on on the street, like you had a very niche type of people that were there already listening to reggae or that, that would be their regular. So if they yeah. tip down to the basement, they hear drum bass. They're like, oh, what's going on in here? They tip in and, and it would yeah. fill up quite quite quickly. And um, we had MCs and stuff at the time as well, so that kind of yeah. keep a bit more interaction with the crowd. I remember, it, yeah, I remember you walk down the stairs and like into the left end was like chill out area and, and a bar and then yeah. on the right then was like the toils actual toils like on the floor and then yeah. it was like the yeah. we just had the stage set up yeah. as well yeah. Yeah. yeah we used to just like rent. I think the money we got paid to do that we never made a cent off it all no, the money we that we got paid money into it. yeah it, we, we were able to <laughs> get the like, decks yeah. rented because they didn't even have decks in there at the no, time so we used to have to rent I remember you rented them yeah. we used to have to rent decks every week and like pay whatever we could to the DJs yeah. and that was it like we never Free made a cent maybe and because it was a tour's day, it's no bus. I was like fucking spending yeah, forty quid home to get home in the taxi, fifty quid yeah. home every tour's day. No, and you're probably damn money as well because the the guests that you were getting in, like the the headliners, you like you, you were paying them, but then there was like I remember there was no such thing as a headliner in, in yeah. Like I, I was just a big guy. We were just whoever we could find along to like that wanted to come and play and just have a buzz, and it was just a party. Yeah. It was just yeah, we did, young right. and and you know this was new to us. We were filling a little yeah. basement. It was nearly like a gaff party. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I never well, like any time we went in to play, I, I never expected, and we probably we will get into that <laughs> before they're into the episode but uh, I never expected to be paid obviously certainly at the level I was at then but yeah. 
uh, oh, he's never short of a drink in there as well. Like he's always had the DJs looked at. The, anyone who was on the lineup was always well looked after with drink and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. They used to throw us a crate of Brahma. I think Something it was the name like that, of the beer. Yeah, yeah. So we get a case of Brahma. Brahma and yeah, like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we get our fee then Solved for the night, and yeah, as yeah. I said, that fee would just about cover the decks. So. Yeah, uh, like we just done it for the love of a, of a party and and when you need to this. find your feet as but, well. But like, also, like I, I didn't. CDJs are expensive, man. I, like I still to this day don't have a set of CDJs yeah, at home. Yeah. I, like Odd, yeah. so, so, especially this day and age. Like, I remember, like the ones that you used to be able to get, like they were expensive at the time. Like when I say expensive, probably about, like two grand for the full setup. But now we're all the bells and whistles that they come with out there. But like that's that's the thing. So because you didn't have them, we were just buzzing to get in and have a mix on a proper set yeah, of decks because yeah. we were yeah. renting them. So we we're like, yeah, we get the play on these take advantage of them like, take yeah. advantage and, and get a bit of experience on, yeah. on a proper club setup but yeah. playing to somewhat of a crowd like it was only I think 100 capacity at the time and yeah. some tours they might only have 50 people down you know, you know yeah. it's not going to be completely packed to the gills every night but you know, we ended up getting New Year's Eve out of oh, that. that so was new, crazy. that was yeah. like that was our first experience at getting to play proper to a full crowd and raging yeah. crowd like um, because the place was just packed to the gills and yeah. Yeah. that place kind of touches like no, I'm not saying you weren't respectful at first like but I kind of thought he was respect as well like for the equipment and like, I remember at the end of the night because me and Andy used to go in then as well you'd, everyone would have, like everyone would pitch in or chip in and uh, and start cleaning up everything and yeah, make sure yeah. everything was set away properly like and he wouldn't like get out of control like he wouldn't be locked around like that at the end of it no. he used to get in and make sure it was set up properly like so the first two collective he's had he's probably like yeah we get to play but we also don't get to just go on a maddo now as well like so yeah. this was probably our first kind of like your foot in the door at being professionals if, yeah. like if he's wanted to call yourself <laughs> that back then to like, an extent but, I suppose looking back in it now learning yeah, it learning. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah like looking back in it now I suppose it's just it was just we both had respect I suppose you yeah. know, we were we young went, we were still young but it, like it was very much still a party, you get know, I, I, I was hanging <laughs> every Friday yeah, I was in to work, work hanging yeah. I was in bits every single Friday I remember Friday, man yeah I remember and it I was doing door to door sales at the time so like the lads would pick me up in the car and I'd just be like they'd just be laughing at me we'd go and get lads please stop and let's get a burrito before we go to the doors not a cent like, yeah. No, get, get around me door, yeah. <laughs> so like and, yeah we, like so when you was you was kind of set that up as illicit it was always going to be illicit in there at what point did you just kind of start you said like new year's was the was the kick off of right now we can actually run a gig and okay, did, that was taste, your first kind yeah, of taste of yeah. a, a real gig getting yeah. people through the door yeah like every week you were you know you were coming off a buzz and you're like jeez that was deadly and every week yeah. got better and every week got cooler but like, yeah. i think new year's was the defining point we were like I think I got that hunger for it. I was like, right, this is what it's about. This is what like a crazy crowd yeah. playing. To, you know, you got you just got hooked on that buzz, playing to a crowd, yeah. hearing the bells and the whistles and everyone going mental and yeah. you know just that energy and feeding off that energy and just getting hooked on that energy. It's like right, I yeah. know what I want to do. And it's good, good that it all happened when you were so young as well. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. then you can kind of get that all out of your way and out of the yeah. system and because you just got in early as well it kind of gave you that few years then to kind of keep building on that as well uh, every year was a start, like every year was a learning curve uh, a learning curve I yeah, big time, yeah. <laughs> every, every year is a learning curve uh, a lot of the time it was like a step forward and two steps back Definitely. as well at the same time yeah. there was plenty yeah. of that, a lot of that like, so it wasn't always ups no, no. no, no, no. because <laughs> you see well. when, when Sweeney's closed we had to think like what are we doing now because we didn't have a home per se anymore yeah, we to just do what we want we yeah. didn't have that comfort anymore. We had to like step outside the box now and go like right. So, hangar was busy at the time. I remember we were trying to get in and get like yeah. the disco bar stuff there. And but just they were kind of wrapped up with like, with, her, like, with their own collectives as well. Yeah, yeah. everyone's yeah. wrapped up yeah. with their own collectives. Dublin's very clicky at times, and you know everyone has their own little clubs and clicks within them clubs. Yeah, and, you but know. I wouldn't even say it's like clicky in a bad way. I think it's because at the time, I mean, well, yeah, I no, but the, the gigs the didn't. Pandemic, like the gigs and collectives didn't. They weren't. They weren't coming around too often. So I think when people 
got something good, they were like, we're, we're going to hold on to this like, for as course, long as we can. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's what everybody's going to do. Yeah, well, like, even me, like I was telling you before we started recording, like even just trying to get it, like a spot to record podcast, like, I was like, yeah, yeah. this place is fucking extortionate. Like, and it's actually, <laughs> and, and the places that you could afford as well, like, it's booked out, obviously, because yeah, it's affordable. Yeah. And they're yeah. booked out months in advance. Yeah, especially in the club space, especially in like that kind of culture and that industry. Yeah, but it, it, it pays to be to be booking it a year in advance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. for everything like so. But and like you said, you've got these tourists as well. So I'm sure Sweeney's set off the tourists for years, and you was only look at the stage. A big, yeah. but it was also that stepping stone of going from doing a tourist day into a weekend where you've yeah, got a yeah. lot of more competition going yeah. on, and you've got a lot bigger acts, and you know so. Going from that, it was it was a big learning curve as well. We thought, okay, now that we were throwing gigs and we've a bit of a name or whatever, and we're getting out there we thought it's going to be easy to book a venue and now book a big DJ over people are going to show up to that yeah. which I think our first international act we still did get good few heads in the door was it that? wasn't dead I think it was Kevin Over was it? it was, Kevin yeah, Over or Desluvas was it? Was it Deslu Voss? It was either Deslu Voss or Kevin, or Kevin Over. Over. Yeah. I think it was Kevin Over. I think it was Kevin Over. Over. I think it was Kevin Over. Yeah, he, he was in at the Deslu Voss gig. Yeah. Yeah. Deslu Voss came second and yeah. that was definitely better than the Kevin Over gig because yeah. each yeah. gig was obviously a learning curve. Yeah, well. It did in that respect uh, yeah, it kind of yeah. did tend to get better and better each it time. did yeah, yeah but still it wasn't like a sellout each time no, you know like, and, and again we we were kind of venue hopping as well yeah. there, was, there was that yeah. problem of not having a home so each time you're you're thrown on a gig you're, you don't have them regulars building up in that same venue that they come and see you so yeah, it was harder to try and keep every that. time you got into a new home you, you, a lot of people probably thought this is a new collective I don't, there was no trust there really like they, they couldn't they couldn't trust that it was going to be a good party or a packed out party because a lot of people but it's hard from, to get that consistency yeah, as well exactly, because so yeah, many yeah. clubs are busy and, and yeah. you know you might get it February but then there's not another available date till March or sorry yeah. till till June or something you know yeah, so yeah. it's you didn't have that consistency of yeah. having a, a monthly gig in, in a certain venue or when, we had to take a date on really short notice and try put something together in two three weeks yeah that mightn't be like the best of as what it could be like you know and I mean? trying to rent gear on top of that rent and or venue hopping, as I said. So you're in, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you know, you're in one venue in, in the February, and then you're trying to get everyone down to a different venue in the March, and yeah. then in April you're going to a different venue again. And, yeah, you know, yeah. so it, it was very you, hard to like, keep that consistency. It's, yeah, it's probably hard to, to keep the consistency once because you just got comfortable then as Sweeney's and you go right now we have this wrapped up, now we have to move in and then look into another venue, and then it's not what can you get away with, but like how can you make it work best for you? And so you're not familiar with it yourselves. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and getting to know new people that work there and how they yeah. work, and then you're going to a different club then the following month or a month after, yeah. and you're kind of in the same boat again. Like what? What? Like, like, who do I go? To? Yeah. That, it? <laughs> tough, it yeah. was yeah, but again at the time, although full of hunger as well, he's yeah. a young. You 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 you're learning yeah. from that, and at the time yeah. you think you're on top of your game. You know, yeah. at the time you think right, we're doing this right, and it's a new experience. Yeah. You're buzzing for it, and you think. You know, it's always after you take the step back and go, yeah. right, what did we do wrong there? It yeah. might have still been a great gig, but, you know, yeah. you might have still been panicking on the night because yeah. you forgot this, that and the other. Yeah. So, you know, you need next time we need to make sure that this, that and the yeah. other is, is yeah. in order. Like, and you, you should see the list that we have now of things that, like prerequisites that we have to have ready for an event yeah. now compared to what we had five, six years ago. Uh, five, six years ago, it's probably yeah. all on the floor. Like, it's probably... Yeah, let's go, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. even go Dex, three, four years yeah, ago. Yeah, Dex so, booked you know. and a, a line-up that people confirmed to come in yeah. and that's probably all he's had. Like, yeah, yeah, now yeah. it's probably just, yeah, just yeah. a list of stuff that he's had. All things, but yeah. we're still as pissed off as, as we were five years <laughs> ago, you know what I mean? It doesn't get any easier. No, no. And it's only minor things now. This yeah, of course, yeah. It's obviously touch wood, like, but it's literally like minor, minor things. At what point then, because you're saying then, you found like a home in certain clubs but at what point did just like did the consistency happen where you were booking international gigs or not even international gigs but big headliners whether it was homegrown like Dublin or Ireland and then like yeah, European we, or American or we whatever, definitely like, went whatever. through that period of booking 
big axe and kind of you know learning from that process yeah, as maybe well maybe biting off a bit more that we could chew at yeah times. definitely yeah. at times you think yeah? Yeah, we, yeah we were reaching out to a lot of people at the time like we you know i i was i was hungry man like at the time i was texting everybody i didn't care if i knew you or not i was texting you looking to try and get gigs or trying to work out something can we do a gig swaps can we you know do you want to come on yeah. over and play in dublin we'll play in where you're from and yeah you know, yeah, all these yeah. Kind of, you know which did open doors you know cold calls and at times it did open doors yeah. and, and, and we, we got some really cool gigs out of it um, and not just cold calling but you know we might have an act over that had a, a label t-shirt on and I'm like, oh, I know that label what's, what's you'd have a chat to me about it. oh them guys are cool you should drop them a text so we do and then ends up yeah. you know opening doors for us. Yeah. so there were some really cool gigs over the years so like after we left Sweeney's we were doing I think we've done Ministry of Sound Ministry for us. Ministry of Sound, yeah, man. And that's when I thought, I was like, here we go, lads. This is fucking easy. And again, yeah, that's, yeah, I suppose, yeah. First yeah. birthday, you're in Ministry done, of Sound. You was, yeah, you was done, I, I, I think I had to pull out a Ministry of Sound gig, but I think it was the second one. That you, you were in there twice, were you? No, 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 Ministry of Sound, and then there was Sunderland. Sunderland. Yeah, so I, I went to Sunderland as well, like, but, so the Ministry of Sound when I pulled out one, and then Sunderland, that was... Yeah, it was Ministry mm. of Sound you didn't go to, it was yeah. just Andy that went to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. you, Adam, Adam George, wasn't it? Me, you, uh, there was a good, there was a gang. Oh, there was a good crowd. There, there was a good yeah, gang of yeah. us because there was a few heads that came along just for the buzz as yeah, well. There was yeah. A yeah, but in terms of DJs, game. it was used to Andy, Andy, Adam, George. I think so. Yeah, us two, Andy, Adam, George, and then there was the the, the guy that got us over. Yeah, so yeah. We. But when we were doing the parties in Sweeney's, a guy reached out from London. It's been like a mate of mine was over in Dublin. He was at yeah. one of the parties. Oh, DJ Mads party. or something, was, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, what was yeah, his name yeah. though? I can't yeah. remember Yusuf. Yusuf, yeah, yeah. Yusuf yeah. Azu or something, uh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him, yeah. yeah. So he, he reached out then, wanting to play. And at the time, we were like, because it was just taking on yeah. anybody. We were like, yeah, yeah. come why on, not? why not? Jump on. Yeah, because so. he came over here though a few times, didn't he? Yeah, he remember was He was head on a Sweeney. He was all on holiday. He reached out being like, I'm going to be in the country in Dublin at this time. Any chance we can play one of your parties? Yeah. Well, yeah, because his friend was at one of our parties, said it was cool, so gave him the slot. And uh, I remember even when he came in to check out the venue, like an hour into the gig, the place was dead. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. God. And he was like, hey, lads, uh, nice to meet you. Barrison and looking around, yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, hands down. And then he was like, oh, I'll be back in an hour, I'm just going to go get some food. And he came back, and the place was packed. I know, we just got that surge. I remember Someone just sitting there biting the nails, <laughs> looking at the fucking door. It's, it's still and the same, though. Every, yeah. The first hour the of every night. You're just having a We can't forget, let's use it there probably like an hour before. Yeah, exactly. An hour. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Use it probably like an hour or two before. Yeah. So use literally safe when the doors are closed. Yeah. So you're probably just waiting then. Like, but it's, it's waiting off. game once it's once yeah. going to kick in. Yeah, it paid off, though. He, he enjoyed it. He had a great night. And then he ended up reaching out to us like a good few yeah. months later, looking for us to come over. He'd been asked to host a room in Ministry of and wanted us to do it. He just wanted to be on the lineup. He said, "Just yeah. host that as a lizard." Like, and how so. did like how did all the like how, where did you just get the connection with Hayes as well? Because they were like, I know obviously you was paid for everybody to go over and all, but they were like so welcoming as well. No, like, they, 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 they paid us. They paid for oh, us. Oh yeah, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus, yeah. Like, thinking yeah. he was fucking paid for it. No, man, we were treated <laughs> no, like kings by them boys. Like I have to give them credit. Yeah, yeah, credit too. They know how to throw a party over there, yeah. and they know yeah. how to, oh, they yeah. know how to, 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 to like they know hospitality. Yeah, they know but you can see look there still quite on it as well like in the fact that back then what was that five years ago well yeah they don't really run it they actually only launched their first event in years for Boxing Day or Stevens' Day they don't really do events anymore because it was run by like four or five different lads and you know obviously sorely now um, yeah well I was going to get into that as well because when you you were in Bow Lane there and then we had met up with him like I remembered him but because that that gig was a bit yeah, but because like that was that was that first time like I I thought it was the big cheese going on tour yeah. and all like yeah. that way, 
Yeah, and I felt then, like it at the time. Yeah, and, they, they, on tour, yeah, yeah. and it was like a proper experience as well. That was, was sorry, like, you were getting confused there. So we had to pay to go over to London ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You pay for you was, pay for us to go over. But like. when we got to go to Hayes, oh yeah, we still got paid. That was yeah, like yeah, that was yeah. that was the first experience yeah. of being as if we were being booked like an actor. You know, we yeah. got to go over. They paid for like five. I think it was five flights for the yeah. residents. Yeah. Um, and then they booked two separate apartments for us. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it just the transfers, everything. Transfers, yeah, the whole lot. Like and they just they treated us like. Brought to the studio and all that yeah, day, like, that was a bit of crack. Yeah, yeah, and then the gig itself was absolutely. Actually, yeah. fun, funny enough, I remember we were upstairs. It was called the boom room, and oh, it was yeah. like the smaller room, room two or whatever. And then they had the yeah. main room. Was this an independent? This is independent, yeah, 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 yeah. over in Sunderland. But they, the main room had Mike Skinner on. Mm. Yeah, that was the man. Yeah, yeah. And we were upstairs in in room. But it was too. it wasn't like it wasn't like a street gig. It was some weeks ago. No, it was Mike Skinner gig. Yeah, and it yeah. was all the tickets were sold. I think they all came to see him, but yeah. we ended up stealing the buzz upstairs because yeah. it was how it was more energy or whatever I don't yeah. know but yeah they all just stuck upstairs and, yeah. and, and I ended up like <laughs> yeah. fizzling out downstairs and coming up I think yeah. Mike came in because he was recording a music video I think during that gig yeah. as well yeah for one, of, for, for one of his music videos yeah, so. yeah I'm still like, I'm impressed at how, like, how much they remembered as well like when the Sorley was over he could remember all of us by name he could remember yeah. Like, yeah. the whole way went and all because obviously yeah. they were organising so they, they obviously yeah. had to be mm. less yeah. loose <laughs> well, like, the ball, yeah. We, yeah. we got them back over I think we repaid them with a gig that ended up being oh, an flop yeah. and it felt terrible so I ended up making it back up to him where Louis was starting to kind of get himself out there with his tracks and he was yeah. starting to really blow up and I got him a resident I was working well, not working but like kind of talking back and forth with Fernando from, from District 8 and I'd suggested Louis to do a support slot in District 8 um, and just by chance he gave it to him for Hudson's 82 he, and yeah. let me and Collie then warm up and then it was Sorley and then Hudson's 82 which was a phenomenal gig it was brilliant um, but that was still I think he still says to this day uh, Louis that, that was one of his like standout favourite gigs like he just yeah. I remember the crowd he yes. smashed it like I couldn't get over how, how well he warmed up for Hudson's 82 like he really just had the, the crowd by yeah, balls. yeah, and like looking at it now, like it, good, it explains yeah, itself. Good how, how, how like, well he's and all in, they they got what they do. But yeah. I think without going off on too much of a tangent, that went. You started to book bigger gigs then, but at what point then did you like you you had a home then in Sweeney's? You were starting to club hop a little bit because you just kind of lost the home then when that got changed to Mulligan Hines. At what point did you start like, getting into the 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 bigger venues like District A? Um, hanger all them because I remember you were booking gigs there. I I support get like for gigs name. Well, not me, me and Andy as already seventeen. Yeah. yeah. But they were mental. Like mm. it, I think it was the, the biggest one that I done, which is was late night tough guy. That was massive. Yeah. yeah. That was with District A. Um, yeah. But yeah. that was was that like a partnership with District A? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we pretty oh, much teamed up. I think Love Shack were involved oh, Love Shack, in that yeah, as well. Yeah. There was a, yeah, Love Shack. Yeah. It was Love Shack as well. So yeah, it was basically like the two collectors teaming up to do it with District A and. Uh, yeah, that was that was a phenomenal show. That was brilliant. That was yeah. Andy. I, I think you you warmed up with Andy, didn't you, for the thirty-seven yeah. yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. years. Yeah, it was thirty-seven years. But like that was the first one that that I know because obviously he's used to get like the photographers in and stuff like that as well, like, uh, like mates or whoever to come in. But that was the first gig. Like, that was, was like, Kill- Killian was still doing it then. Killian, Killian, Killian was, was he? He's, he's been a well. for the whole time. Like, start, yeah, because yeah, I remember at the start it was like ah, oh, just just one of the lads just something coming in with a camera and then. No. That was the first gig that I actually maybe it was happening for so long before that, but that was the first one I realised maybe because I was on the other end of the camera. I that was the first one I realised that holy shit the production that went into this. Yeah, like, yeah. This, I kind of didn't expect it. You know what? Like that was well, that was one of the the, the kind of defining moments as well where I kind of stood back on that stage looking at yeah. late night tough guy yeah. playing, and I remember that there's actually still a, a video that Killian caught of him oh, playing yeah. uh, Todd Terge. Um, and and that yeah, and yeah. as the camera turns, there's just people like hugging and kissing in the crowd yeah, and like. Totally. 
you know, it's just like I remember standing. There was just on that no stage. bad energy in it. No, no man, yeah, yeah. just pure love and energy. And I remember just sitting there looking out on that stage and just being like, "Yeah, this is holy what I want to do." Like, mm. holy shit! Like, just, so that that kind of set the standard then. For yeah, it. but just now, yeah. like this this idea that I created in my head of the, is is now transformed into this in front of me. You know, the, this yeah. party, this you know, and and it was just mad to look at and kind of that yeah. gave me that hunger. I remember looking at that big crowd in that playing like finally getting to Joe party in one of the biggest yeah. venues in Dublin with them and and just being like, "Whoa." Yeah, that, compared that, to what we were doing in Sweeney's. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was still, which was only a couple of a couple of years before that, if even you know, a few months maybe. Was it was no, maybe, no, no. Yeah. We were running a couple because we had done stuff what in was between. Just uh, we were doing like free parties with Paradox it, and the Button Factory oh, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, really, yeah, I remember Carl Johnson and uh, yeah. Jacob B. That's how Jacob, we. Yeah. You're, you're talking to Carl about Hayes. Hayes, Hayes yeah, yeah, that's how that and came. And I think up. it's we're doing like the, the odd drum and bass night in Torx Head as well. Because that was no, we never done Torx Head. I think we we stopped on the drum and bass for a while, and yeah. then Wigwam came along as an opportunity to start booking because it was still Twisted Pepper. I think when we started off. Yeah. And then when it became Wigwam, they started becoming a lot more open to kind of bookings and stuff. And we yeah. we tried to get in there, we did. And then we, we brought while, the drum and basement was what it was called in, in yeah, that was So we'd yeah. done like a revival at the drum and basement in, in Wigwam. Yeah. So again, just like different opportunities. Wawa Club, all the Soundhouse, sound yeah. all these different places that were popping up that we were just kind of throwing around the parties when we could. Yeah. Um, that, that covered a lot of years that covered two or three years well, yeah. yeah two or three yeah. years of kind of but a lot of it was co-promos as well I think we were trying to we were teaming yeah. up with the likes of Stoop we went to Wigwam we done a tree show run yeah. in Wigwam wasn't it it was like COEO, oh, COEO Bel Air yeah. and uh, Black Loops and yeah. we done them yeah. tree with Stoop that was all in within like two months wasn't it yeah, two yeah, or three months very, as well. Yeah, so yeah. Like, they were good gigs. Uh, yeah, they were right. so that, that kind of helped as well like there was certain points like Late Night Tough Guy those events where we got like the photos back and the videos and everything, there was and a buzz, media, and it yeah. was like, yeah. it kind of gave us a bit of a platform then because people could actually see what we were doing then. Well, I think a lot of people then realised the, the standard is there. Yeah. For years ourselves, and then yeah. for for the industry, not like, not for everybody else to kind of reach up to, but for you to constantly stay at. For our own standard. Yeah, for yeah. Your, your own yeah. standard. Yeah. And well, I think like, that's yeah. been one thing that we did pride ourselves. Well, I think we have prided ourselves since day one, was is like getting a photographer and having content to put out there after gigs. Cause like, yeah. A lot of people don't really do that, I don't think. So. Not anymore. It used to be yeah. a big thing back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, but we kind of carried it Yeah, on. because it was a lot of student nights where people wanted to go in and tag their mates or something on Facebook yeah, or something. Yeah, shit that like was that. a big yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, can't wait for the Nef- Netflix documentary. Yeah. <laughs> they just have it documented from day one. Like, so. No, remember some fella came in and document, did a little documentary and interview with us in uh, uh, Oh, Sweeney's. the French guy. Yeah, 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 yeah for I remember his, that as well. For, <laughs> for his college, college project. project. Really? Yeah, like probably something floating around there on it's YouTube somewhere. It's documented to an extent, but I suppose, for, like, looking back at all the gig posters throughout the years, Keith has always been the kind of... The, we, we never really got into that within the podcast of kind of what our roles are within Elissa, but like, Keith always... From the beginning, done the artwork and always developed yeah. the brand. But that, that's kind of initially how Alyssa set was like. You were the yeah. music side at the start, two yeah. years where, but you yeah. primarily, yeah. and then Keith was doing the graphics after he recorded exactly. it and, yeah. and yeah. done the force one. And it still kind of stands to this day. Like I'd be yeah. more so the booker and I'd look yeah. after yeah. the venues and, and booking and contracts and, and getting over there and doing all the emailing with the agents and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, yeah. and Keith would very much look after all the media. I had to say, like, I, I've yeah. been keeping, keeping up with it from obviously from the start, but you can see not only is the, the production value going up, but like the artwork as well, like it's yeah. come a long way since since the start. Yeah, and, and now that's, that's all key. That's, not, that's well. not being like chopping and changing and getting different designers and yeah. So yeah. so it's it's also a nice personal element to look at that Keith. I'd say for you especially oh, Keith, yeah, yeah. to look at what you started as seven years ago, not oh, only yeah. as a party and as a yeah. as a brand, but like well as a brand for him to see what he done with this brand and where he, how he's developed it. And yeah, well, it went to save money at the start, and now it's kind of a love of it as well. Yeah, because yeah. he's kind of do. It's it's a weird one because because you just don't kind of outsource or stuff like that. You still 
have full creative control in yeah, all aspects of it. It actually makes things so and much it's fully easier. independent. Yeah, it's so much easier to get stuff out there as well. Like, yeah. You, like, you don't, you're not waiting on the designer, you're not waiting yeah. on an editor or yeah. anything like we'll, that. We'll buzz off each other and then yeah. keep straight to work on it then after yeah. after having a good fucking nap yeah. between ourselves yeah. then it's bang, it's it's. And have you got a background like, on that, Keith? Like, I you used to uh, design fucking thumbnails and uh, banners for YouTube yeah. years ago for gamers. And then that's how it just... It just kind of kicked off from there. Because, yeah. like, yes, I think... I haven't done that much research in it, like, and I'm probably hanging myself out to dry there, like, by saying that, <laughs> but, like, yes your website and all this how will look consistent yeah, like well, you we, have a website that, that's with, a nice little plug we wanted to actually plug there like really yeah Keith's put a lot of work into that and it's something that I, I think like we're pretty yeah. proud and of it, like you yeah. obviously then built that as well like from yeah from yeah. scratch yeah. Jesus, so, man, that's, and it's that's something that we want to obviously utilise you, you should have seen it when, I, when it started yeah. compared to now it's, it's night and day like it's literally <laughs> night and day like yeah. it's unbelievable like yeah. when I started out if I had to change something it was an absolute nightmare if I wanted to do something or change something around for something yeah, yeah. or add like another tab for like whatever events or whatever but now it's like streamlined everything that I do now is like templated so that I can just throw it out there as soon as yeah. I need something changed like you know what I mean and it's like it's probably a good segue then into and I don't know if you wanted to touch on it but the website was kind of a nice it was a platform for you to host everything so yeah. your own dates a gallery for all yeah. previous events to give other people, uh, both bookers and like like punters as well, like to yeah. come in and see what the parties are like. There was videos, there was links to sets, there was links to videos, there was links to whatever. There's a lot of content but on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. also then became somewhat of a booking agency. Like we went through a phase of that. All yeah. Right? No, but I mean, like you had your own lineup of artists. Like you had me and Andy as thirty seventeen. You yeah, had Georgie, yeah. you had Scully, yeah. uh, Jade, Collie, like all of them. Yeah, so and, and ourselves as we well. had like a resident side of things, yeah. and then we also had an artist side of things. So yeah. we'd have people that would regularly play at our party, like you, and yeah. people. That Apologies would kind of... if I missed anyone there as well. I, don't, no, I yeah, think no, I pretty yeah, much no, had everyone yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, so the agency side of things, yeah, we we kicked it off there for a while, um, pre-COVID, and it worked. There was a good few of the guys that were fairly consistent and busy, Cash and Mac, and. Um, Cormac Malone and yeah. it was Mystrix and there was a, there was a, there was some really good artists on it and there was a couple from the UK as well, um. But it was just it was really time consuming to be dead yeah, honest with you. Yeah. It was like well, it was a whole know, new industry nearly as well. Mm. Yeah, well, it was a new whole thing new that venture. we tipped into. It was a new venture and, and at the time, you know, I did enjoy it while it lasts and and it's something that we may very well tip back into in the future. But just at the time and for now, it was it's very time consuming and yeah. You know, obviously I have a family at home as well. Seven year old boy, little Jamie, shout out and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so like it's it's trying to keep that balance and obviously trying to run the parties and then now being a booker for a venue as well. So it's not just my own parties I'm catering yeah. for and every weekend booking in and you know constantly. Just a lock on. Just a lock on. on, on. So it's it's just moment. kind of something that's. But it's, it, at least it's something you've kicked off as well that like you can go back to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, all exactly. there, like you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like because you just have kind of kicked it off. It's like it it's is the same so with we, the label as well. We had the label going for a while and we yeah. had a couple of that, decent releases. That was kind of to kind of. I don't know, maybe in between events, it was something for us to do as well. Because yeah. we yeah. were kind of jumping and we were getting dates that were like two months, three months out. So we had something to do in between yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So. And you probably didn't have a whole lot of downtime. And, and like I said it on, on the last episode with Holly as well. Like With him, like, get, the pandemic basically from the start of that, that, get, that kind of caught everything out. So that probably kind of gave us a good... It was a, a good, a good bit of time, but it's it's probably the wrong time to be looking at a booking agency because there's nothing to book. Yeah, that, 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 no that, that, that was pretty much reason, yeah, yeah. It was the end of it as well, yeah. wasn't so it? So what like, what did you do for it, like during that time as well? Because everything was closed. There was nothing 
to do on an agency point of view but then we started doing the live streams the live streams is what we don't yeah. take over yeah because yeah. we like we kept wanted to keep it going obviously yeah, we yeah. didn't want this thing to end yeah. it was and we, we treated each live stream like an event yeah like we booked DJs in advance we'd promote it for two or three weeks in advance set design everything yeah like everything that. was like proper yeah so we we tried to carry that in yeah because I'd say look over that time it was very easy to for a lot of people to just die off because yeah, it, yeah. or lose interest lose right? interest yeah, but yeah. like from both uh like a, a club goer's point of view and like a, like a, a, an artist's point of view as well it could very well or very easily like just being just left yeah, yeah. and like at least as a whole I mean because yeah, you could like yeah. there was no ending until to be honest though, it wasn't just about obviously we wanted to keep Alyssa going but it, a part of it was to be honest it was to keep the whole reason we do this in the first place yeah. alive and that was to bring people together and to have and especially more than ever during the pandemic and yeah, when everyone yeah. was separated from each other yeah. It was a core reason to bring people together, be it only five or six DJs that could come into the venue, but it was still five or six people playing music together, having a couple of drinks, having a chat and, and just feeling normal for a while, yeah. you know, yeah. and forgetting about life for a while. The yeah. whole reason we do fucking parties in the first place, you know, yeah. to have that kind of escape. And, and, yeah. and so that's that we wanted to keep that going and, and we wanted a reason to get out of the house ourselves and go meet up with our friends. And especially when at a time where we couldn't meet up yeah. with each other, especially the, the, the Alyssa crew part being, you know, some lads from Tala, some lads from, so it wasn't easy to, it's not like you're next door and you can still see each other and have the chats. And so, yeah, yeah. And that, that aside though, like jumping back a little bit pre time off, hmm. you quite like, without getting into like a, a I don't know, approaching from, like going from a, a, a booker's approach, he's kind of gone into a couple of festivals as well. As artists, but how yeah. did you like? How did you even link up with festivals? You just went well, as far as like park life and everything. Park life twice. Park, park life twice. Twice over yeah. Manchester, yeah. Um, you've had a couple of gigs over here as well, like Body and Soul. Like, no, we haven't done Body and Soul. It wasn't Body yeah, and Soul. Uh, life, uh, I think, is what done, it was. I've done life myself solo, like that wasn't a list yeah. booking. Uh, funny enough, <laughs> like all these things happened at the start when they should have happened later so like yeah, we yeah. actually got uh, uh, asked to host a, uh, a stage at Radagatter when we f- that was within the first year that was we were still in we were still in Sweeney's and <laughs> we were still in the breakfast lot well. we was eight in the morning <laughs> playing hip hop yeah. and there wasn't a center up out of the tent yeah but there wasn't even a tent above <laughs> you no. do you not yeah. remember the tent yeah. was gone the next blew, morning yeah, blew blew out yeah. the night oh, before, man, yeah. that was that was a learning yeah. curve as well like we, we were so Field when there was nothing open I think I, I rang yeah. a fella and was just here can you bring a little stage down to a festival for us and like oh, I remember that back of a van job like couple of speakers and like a little gazebo above it and like mad lights and yeah, like that was a disaster. That went from Radagada <laughs> and then. So that was our first festival yeah, experience. Yeah. But uh, after that, then. It went um, from that to Fuenov. Fuenov was Fuenuf, our first yeah. then collective experience. So, like, yeah, uh, it was the year after Fuenov. It used to be Lunasis. So that was their first ever kind of main festival. And then they went on to be Fuenov. And we got asked to host a two hour slot at one of the stages for the collective area. And that was amazing. That was that was a great experience. I think you played at that as well, didn't you? Me with, and Andy played in that too. And it was me and Collie then. That was before, that was pre-digital wax look. That was... Uh, that so was, what, you, you just went back to back just because you yeah. just wanted to get two years because there was only two hours. Me and Andy got one and then, and then yeah, me two and years, Collie ended couldn't up getting, sli- uh, slot yeah. the two years in individually so you said fuck yeah we were kind of we were doing a bit of back to back at the time because we were playing out in Balbriggan at the time as well when that home or bed nightclub or whatever it was called we were doing kind of stuff out there as well because that was always kind of a just a cheese nightclub not cheese but you you know commercial nightclub Yeah, yeah. but it was a really big space and I was living out that direction at the time and I just I remember going with my missus and seeing the space and being like why isn't there events in here (laughs) 
And so we approached them again, yeah, just, nice there, yeah. just networking, yeah. getting out there and asking the questions, and was, they let us look. Like, was that the kickoff for our digital wax then? Like, was that? But not even, even only, like, not even now, like even out there, just me up? and Collie, you want to go back to back, yeah, cool. And, and we just really, that was how Digital Wax came because just the chemistry on the decks between us, yeah. We just really enjoyed it, like you know, we weren't stepping back, we were helping each other on the decks, you know. It wasn't like I played a tune, I'd step back, he'd play a tune. Yeah. The chemistry just came, we, we were both, yeah. excuse the pun, both mixing, mm. like you know, but uh, yeah, and then you was you did like it kicked off from that without he's going to even own it, mm. and then you started to get a couple of gigs then under the name Digital Wax, but yeah. at what point. Because I know he's played some some mental gigs, um, but at what point then did it go to actually let's start producing stuff? Was it you just wanted to have fresh music in your sets or what? what no, to be honest, the, the the production element was kind of at the start. So when we put an end to it, like oh, it's digital wax, yeah. and you know when when you kind of you're on that buzz of oh we're starting a new thing, so we we start trying to put our hands to the production side of it, and I think we released the first EP. Uh, when we started Digital Wax Up, we done an EP launch party and wigwam and all that. Oh time, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was nice actually. Little yeah, buzz. Good, that yeah. was a good little turn out and all for that. Um. But, you know, the EP was just self-released. We didn't really plug it too much. Yeah. You know, I don't even know where it is now. I think we actually randomly got uploaded to a YouTube channel, uh, one of the tracks off it. But apart from that, I think it was on Berlin House Music. But apart from that, it didn't really do anything. Like, we didn't try and plug it. Um, And, yeah, just focused on DJing. We never really added that production element. We were just too busy. Again, lifestyle, you know, me having the family and all at home. And, like, I lucky enough it. to get out to the gigs, let alone to go and spend yeah. days in the studio with, with, with Collie, like, you know, so... Uh, we, we just focus more so on the DJ side of things and obviously with our energy and the type of stuff we played like it just it just clicked and it worked like so we start getting more more and more gigs you know yeah so Jesus that's had to be in some story so far like so yeah. as it's we know there's, there. there's been a couple of lows like but there's definitely been higher highs and a, a lot more highs than there's lows but I suppose the 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 part of <laughs> this is the part that like, I don't like talking about with the podcast but at the same time, it's nice to highlight it. Have you got any kind of memorable instances of creative block or the lows of running events or producing or, or anything like that that you just want to touch on? Oh, there's plenty, yeah. I think. I know we touched on that at the start between yeah. where you'd like you'd you'd spend loads of money, you'd book someone, and then like two people would show up. Or, yeah, that's that's the hard that's thing. the standard. I think it's like, just yeah. the not necessarily create a block, but it's to kind of keep going. Yeah, is that some it was a lot of yeah, hard times or like. Like if Ryan didn't text me the next day, Alyssa could have probably just stopped. Do yeah. you know what I mean? There's been times like where if, you were just ready yeah, to quit. Yeah. I know what I've been at the same yeah. point as well, and it's then just, especially like my son is seven, Alyssa is seven. I yeah. started throwing parties at the exact same time I was having a kid, and mm. I was only a kid myself. So you know, it was it was a very hard thing to try and. I loved it so much and I loved doing it and I renewed this is what I wanted to do I was shit in school I was in three different secondary schools I was like didn't do well on me leaving I, I you know. And Anton put me hand to I wasn't a chippy, I couldn't, you know, I wasn't good with my hands. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was it was a lost child, man. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like and then when I started doing this, like I just I knew this yeah. is what I want to do, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to make a career out of something in the music industry, be it a DJ, be it a booker, be it a promoter, be it events, be it you know. Yeah. What, like what what did you just kinda of do to like let's say one of the gigs happened and it didn't go to plan. Without getting into any details, like if it was like I'm not gonna put any labels on it or whatever, but yeah. like the next day you kind of just didn't talk about it and then it got to the stage where he's man texting you sure back at the, like at that same oh, time yeah, or whatever yeah, we like, went yeah. through months like the, Alyssa's gone quiet a couple of times but yeah. it's never I, been yeah, too 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 long like it might yeah. have been a couple of months where we both felt disheartened that we were yeah. both busy with certain periods of our lives yeah just kind of scrapped just, that at the yeah. minute like. but in the, it never died you know it yeah. was always like right what's the crap something what always came up yeah. that would get us going again yeah, yeah. and, and can us... you just remember like what you did like what kicked off fuck it we'll just get over this 
and we'll get back at it again. Like, was there something that kind of sparked in between normally that kept was, just going or what? It was normally just the conversations on the way home after yeah. after a night. Like, yeah. how are we going to fix this? How are we Reflecting gonna, a little yeah, bit on it. Like, reflection, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah spot, it's, it's mentality as well yeah. at the end of the day. Like, if it's, as I was explaining, it's something I want to do and now I want to do it. You know, I... What the fucking thing tattooed on me, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I, yeah, you're in it for life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I knew this is what I want to do, and I wasn't giving up on it. So there was definitely periods where you're like pissed off, and you need. Yeah. But it's it's mentality, like anything in life, what you're trying to do, like you know, Adam looking at our mate Adam George there going through, what he's you know doing all his weightlifting and, and transforming his life. Yeah, and, that's a total you know, life like yeah. one eighty. You know, yeah. But it's it's again, it's it's that mentality, and and, and it yeah. falls into all aspects of what you're doing in life, yeah. and it's like you know, if it's something that you want to do, you just gotta sit back. If it's not working. You, you just got to sit back and keep adjusting you know keep banging your head mm. off the wall until mm. the, the wall breaks down you know it's, it's, yeah. it will work for you eventually if you just keep adjusting yeah. and just keep hammering at it like. yeah, yeah I think it helps with the two of us we're in it together kind of thing so if one of us isn't up for it we pick each other up each time definitely. to get yeah, us going definitely. again you know That's what I mean oh, I'm sure if we wanted to do yeah. it and look if because if, even though people might not be judging you you're, you're, you're your own worst critic yeah, you judge so you're going to be judging yeah. yourself and then there's always that voice in your head just going that's a lot of show you. Like, yeah, I'm not doing like, that again. Yeah, and then it's, yeah, telling yourself, don't do it. But yeah. I've had plenty of times where like we a night would be over and I'd be like, Jesus, that wasn't great, was it? And then but like in the, the days after you get texts from somebody or yeah. someone's mentioned to you, like, that was great that was and that kind of gets you going again. Yeah. But even though you personally didn't think it was good, that someone else knows. You're kinda writing it, it off yeah. on the taxi home, like, Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But someone else notices the work that you're putting in and they they give you a bit of a, a G up and you yeah. go again, like you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah, as I said, it's it's tough, it's always tough to to talk about with like with two people like on, on episodes but it's definitely something that should be highlighted and it, it is important yeah, to, for, no. for like listeners to know that there are bad times as well like oh, it's never no, just going to be all yeah, cause, especially in the early days yeah it's, yeah. it's hard like and, and especially and now with like the looks of social media as well it's easy to show the, the, the good, good times, times yeah. and the most successful times yeah. and all but nobody sees you as going we haven't got a fucking pot to piss in for this next gig. Yeah, yeah. And nothing. we've been in that scenario yeah. plenty of times, especially in the early days when we both weren't, like, like Ryan mightn't have been working or I was stuck for cash or whatever, you know what I mean? And it was with times where we were literally, like, fucking handing over our last 50 quid to pay for a DJ to get a taxi home. And paying for the equipment, let alone yeah. the fucking DJ. you know what I mean? Like, we were literally, like, yeah. waiting for the payout from Resident Advisor to get our money back, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we'd still have to put more money into the next event yeah. and stuff like that. It was never... It, 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 it was this hand and don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. And then like we, we as you're saying, creative blocks, it's it's very easy to fall into mindsets and that's why it's nice to bounce off each other because we, we obviously me being a booker for the venue as well, uh for Bowlane, like it's it's I'm booking constantly and I'm thinking of other people's parties and it's you know, then I'm booking a weekly Thursday gig as well and I'm booking DJs on, on a weekly basis. So when it comes down yeah. to trying to get creative with a listen and you're thinking who are we gonna book next and it, yeah. it can get tiring you know it, it, your brain can wear out and you, you hit a block and you're just like what are we doing yeah. next like when, when I how say are we going to stand block? out next like how yeah. are we going to yeah. you know how yeah. are we going to get people to come to our parties when I say creative block I don't necessarily mean like creative like a painting or something like that but no. it's just stuck in a rut as well like yeah. it's the general consensus but, but uh, you're always looking at even this new since the back of the, the pandemic I'm looking at how much social media has moved on in terms of the promotion side of it mm. before the pandemic well, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're creating a Facebook sense, event yeah. and you're sending it around to people and you're you know then it came into Instagram which is still handy enough to use but now coming yeah. off the back of the pandemic we used to hire a videographer to make these edited videos now all of a sudden everyone's a videographer and Just they're trying to home. keep up with these people like creating these mad TikToks all the time and like yeah. Yeah. You know, but there's so much content out, there, content out there that it's it's very hard to keep up as well exactly, so that's you what obviously have to come up with creative ways to, to just even have your stuff yeah. surfaced yeah, yeah, for any more than 
like half an hour an hour after you post it yeah just keeping up changing the artwork making it more appealing to people yeah. catch their eye when they're scrolling that's that's the main objective that we have at the minute to try and catch people's attention like and it, like people's attention spans just get shorter yeah. and shorter over the, yeah. the last yeah. few years as well the way social yeah. media oh, absolutely, yeah. like, yeah. even with music you know even I know, I'm guilty of it myself listening for new music and you know within the first like couple of beats you're just like next next yeah. you know, ah, you yeah. know within going, the first like, two that, three like, seconds yeah. of that tune if it's going to be a bit of you yeah. or not like, you know, do you know like, what it is as well like, if someone tells me to listen to something I always I nearly drag my heels on it well, I was going, yeah, yeah, I listen to that, and then or down for a few days, but then yeah, sitting in the light. But I might come in on the playlist, and I go, that's Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I'd go to show, like let's say Andy would show me a song, yeah. and I go, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in work, I can't listen to it at the minute. And then a few days later, I'd hear it by yeah. myself. Yeah. Realistically, I wouldn't be by myself, but I'd show him then, and he go, I sent you that two weeks ago, and I go, no way, you actually did. Like so, it's it's just all it's about being open, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, there obviously has been high highs, low lows. Big time, yeah. and I'm glad that, like, there's probably still not that like some of the punters would see, but like, you, you might see as ourselves that you still judge ourselves probably harshly for certain gigs, even though they have been deemed successful. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that they have been successful, and I hope yeah. they they stay successful. But going forward, and probably started over the last while, but going forward, have you got kind of any like routines or rituals that? He's kind of have pre gig or during gig or like you know after like he's the same like from the start after the gig the taxi home has always been mm. reflection. Mm. So like pre gig now like how do you stay uh, keep you as a gig at a certain standard? Um, I suppose it's a lot down to routine. I think as well yeah. like we've kind of we have a a plan that we developed over the last few years, especially this year now. It's Don't really, be giving away any of the secrets. No, now, definitely not. But, um, <laughs> no, but your routine and a plan. Organised. Like every, we, we, yeah. We've gone to a stage where everything's done and it's just when we get there it's literally a case of making sure it goes to plan. Checklist is yeah. yeah. off and it's gone to plan. But like as you're saying rituals as well yeah there is one to an extent like we, we always have a, a pre-dinner pre-gig dinner yeah, and yeah. we'll always invite all our residents down it won't be you know whoever we have over the international guest plus we'll invite the residents down and whatever DJs are playing on the lineup that day as well. Um, and, and, and keep that kind of sense of family yeah. within that like Alyssa help. has always had that family vibe you yeah, know it's, yeah. Yeah. we had the same residents like we took on the residents at the start and then they grew you know we took on more residents and you know some left some came on and you know there's some that's there from the start there's some that's only there you know the last two three years there's some that's there five years but I think I'm due, due a good gig as well back <laughs> yeah, just even going I'm not, I'm not looking for a gig I'm due to just even go back yeah. and, and support it a bit yeah. more down Christmas party end, yeah. of the, end of December we have them coming up Get really down yeah. That. Yeah, yeah definitely Christmas, I'll, I'll take Christmas that as an invitation yeah, no, <laughs> um, but yeah so like that little ritual of, of having that kind of hospitality there of yeah. inviting everyone yeah. in having that kind of chat and getting to know each other there might be new DJs coming in break the ice a little bit yeah, as well. yeah especially now like we, we're not as much obviously we have separate dates for our residents or the residents might be on the odd support slot but we're inviting a lot more new guests into it yeah, kind of so we hit a creative block at that point as well it's like yeah you know we're displaying the same resins for how long and how many how many, how many times are people actually going to want to come and see these resins you know we need a new selling point so um, you know we'd have separate resident parties so we can obviously look after our residents and have a great party and, and, and everyone enjoys themselves but with the illicit gigs and kind of the main ones when we have headliners we like to fill room too with new guests new DJs that we have interest in and we're looking at around the city um, so it's nice to invite them in and have a little chat before the gig and yeah. get to know yeah. them on a personal Breaks level. Breaks the ice. It yeah. makes them more comfortable with them. You know? yeah. If they do yeah. need something, they're not afraid to ask and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That yeah. it, it makes everything makes you a bit more approachable. approachable yeah, yeah, approachable. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Jesus, lads, that was... Well, that, that's... that's the, sir, for, Jesus Christ. Severely decent, good voice to give to, to others. And I'm sure there's people going to be listening to this going, 
yeah, we kind of do stuff like that as well, but maybe it's time we like tighten up our own kind of organization as well. Like, because yeah. seeing some of the gigs you have, like, I mean, year seven now, the seven yeah. birthday was, was what brought there, and then you had what yeah. the following week is had Sydney Charles and Huxley. No, it was, was uh, it Sydney Charles. No, Sydney Charles was back in April, so it yeah. was uh, the, the the birthday show was in October. That was Brother that we brought over. Yeah, a Halloween gig that was excellent, great show. Yeah, and then just there Saturday gone, we done seven years of Shall Not Fade. It's a label over in Bristol, um, phenomenal label, and they have a sister label there called uh, Time Is Now, which is all garage UKG kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, so. We brought over Shadow Child and Huxley for that one. Um, we have Probably Shadow Child. Shadow Child, yeah. 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 Um, uh, so that was yeah, phenomenal gig. We had Prozac in room two as well. Eve O'Neill, uh, Hannah Hessian, uh, Lesko, Paddy Ha, um, Gracie, George Feely. Yeah, it's a big lineup. Yeah, it's massive, yeah. Really, yeah, fairly really diverse look, kind of lineup as well. Look that. Yeah. It helps yeah. having two rounds. Look, uh, style-wise, I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it does help having two yeah, rounds yeah. as well because you can have the, the headline is what most of the the club yeah. are going to go to but yeah, then yeah. they also have the opportunity to go see something different if they need a break from that as well because yeah. mm-hmm. consistent like a couple of hours of the same stuff as well a lot of people would go it keeps them from going to a different club as well. yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really nice to have that room too to and you just offer more as well there's more value yeah, for, for what they yeah, it's a bigger lineup. up then yeah exactly you know? yeah. Yeah. so um, yeah. Jesus that was a good episode we're, we're hitting 55 minutes now already uh, yeah normally I'll finish up on and it's probably going to be a bit longer because it's from the two years yeah yeah um, no, it, I have a have a, like written out here as advice for your younger self, but it doesn't necessarily have to be your younger self. It can be the next generation or the people who might be in a bit of a funk or um, stuff you know now that you you wish you knew then. That although uh, it is good to le- to go through all the shit as well and yeah. and to learn stuff. But a lot of it is down to experience. Yeah, and experience. Yeah, it's kind of you do need to get the experience in. But I suppose if if I wanted people to take something from this as well or what I wanted to have been told when I was starting out is like organisation being more organised and not just going off a whim um, you know get the pen and paper out get the notes down um, do up your P&L sheets you know your profits and losses do up your costs don't yeah. just go booking everything and then not even knowing how much the total comes to and you know just you know be on the ball with everything and it will make things go a lot smoother for you Yeah. Um, especially on the night because it's, it's all fun and games when it's on the build up to it and you're like oh yeah whatever whatever but when the night comes and you you know you do have a busy party and you're not organised it's it's chaos it's chaos yeah. and you're going to have a bad night you're going to be stressed you failed to prepare prepared to fail isn't it like, you <laughs> won't enjoy it it's a even, bad experience even, even yeah. all going to plan you're still going to like Saturday it's night going there yeah. you know it was a sellout show Amazing show. We were still sweating at the at the door. We done the door sales and we and were like, sweating at the door, man. We really, were just panicking, yeah. like running around like head cases, like yeah. Well, I mean, if that feeling got like, you, you nearly want that feeling as well because it does make you push yeah. further yeah. than you normally would. So like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if that feeling kind of goes, then yeah, there's something gone. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Uh, and again, I suppose another another bit of advice I'd like to give would be about giving good impressions. So like, obviously, getting into the industry at a young age, partying, you know, out meeting new crews being a new you know you might get asked to stay back at the after party or something like that you know or stay yeah. back in the venue and have a couple of beers or whatever and but, you know you're yeah you're networking and that's a massive part of the industry yeah. is getting out there and getting talking and getting meeting people you're not, not not just sitting at home on Instagram texting these people or liking all the photos get out there get to their parties yeah. get chatting to them but like yeah like just be careful you know don't get too messed up don't have fun you know but don't be like in a state because you don't know who's going to pop up to you and what opportunities could you know land on your lap you could be out drinking somewhere having a chat with someone and some opportunity pops up but if you're there and you know 
your bottom lip is up over your eyes like <laughs> <laughs> you know that opportunity might, might pass you by so uh, yeah just you know keep ahead in your shoulders keep, keep ahead in your shoulders have fun you know, don't, have don't fun especially at your own parties whatever if you're out at other parties you're letting loose a bit but yeah. if you're at your own party as well like you know keep the head in the shoulders it's grand having a couple of beers or whatever but just no point in letting loose and things just go have tits fun. up and have fun, have fun but yeah. be take sensible it take, take it seriously at the same time <laughs> if it's something you really want to do and you're, you're serious about take yeah. it serious you know like would you go to walk and, and, and get absolutely langered no you wouldn't like you know yeah. so. so I think it's fair to say it's a marathon not a sprint yeah. big time yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely burn yourself out real yeah. quick you can not do yeah I've come close to myself at times as well, you know. Yeah. It's, it's it's very easily done. It's, yeah, I think that I think that can happen across all, all walks of life as well. Like, no, of course, yeah, but within this industry like... and it's something that's always tipped on is the mental health aspect. Yeah. It's something that can. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's so easy to burn yourself out with. So like, there's, there's drink, there's drugs involved. Like, and uh, yeah. not everybody like drinks and like drinks and takes drugs as well. Like, but there are people that do, and it is easy to get caught up in that real quick. Yeah. and lose control of it so yeah. fair play you just, like, you just, you just have, you've kept ahead in your shoulders for seven years now there's not many there's a, there are a lot of there's a good few collectives like especially around Ireland that can that can say that they've done that but there's not many and I think yeah. you just have made it fair and <laughs> so far like, and it's always nice to have delighted to be part of the, to the journey <laughs> yeah, as well like, yeah. sometimes you forget how far you've come as yeah, well, and you like, can hold yeah. me to going back out to more gigs yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 30th now yeah, I'm going to put that one out Alyssa Christmas party main meal with Bowlands Hose Club yeah all the residents food and drink food drink not for people listening just no, just <laughs> no. Well, plenty, plenty of drink for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there is few left over. We're not, we're not paying. Savage says, Roy. So, just as we're finishing up, just want to plug absolutely everything. Any so first of all, your socials, it's like solo socials, Alyssa Dublin, whatever you want to do, and then any shows coming up that you you have for for the end of the year or anything coming forward. Like I know you're probably planning uh, pretty hectic twenty twenty three now with no restrictions, nothing nothing in the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had a big year this year, so it's kind of a case of kicking on again. You know, yeah. what I mean? not, trying not to top it every year, like, laurels, yeah, and going yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, like as I say, it's nice to have Bolan as our home. You know, Bolan is really nice venue, um, and it's developed over the last year phenomenally. Um, so it's it's really nice to have had them gigs there and continue to be there. Um, as it develops and yeah. see where it goes next year it looks year, like a know. serious spot and long um, may it last yeah, long may it last. Like it's it's I only came in there off the back of the pandemic as as the booker, so. Uh, it's it's been an experience and yeah it's it's doing really well so it's nice it's going to be nice to do them kind of more intimate shows there because mm. obviously like Shadow Child Huxley like talking a few years ago they would have been selling out the likes of District 8 so yeah. you know I'm trying to get it to that point where we can get some really nice intimate shows there with bigger acts that wouldn't necessarily normally play at a three or 400 capacity venue you know um, that's kind of the aim for, for going into the new year within that venue so nothing to be revealed yet but like yeah there is some definitely some big shows we're going to be working on in the new year that you will be very pleased to see yeah deadly and uh, where can people find you Alyssa uh, Dublin Alyssa yeah that much is a home address now but yeah Alyssa yeah. Dublin on, Alyssa on Dublin, Instagram, Instagram across Instagram, all socials Facebook website yeah, everything. a whole lot yeah, yeah and definitely. then do you want to plug Digital Wax and get their own ones out yeah, I suppose yeah Digital well, Wax yeah that's well, probably because that's me and Keith I'm, I'm expecting a, the resurrection now of that as well yeah. <laughs> Digital Wax yeah well like Holly's been smashing it himself at the moment yeah, I've, you busy, know, yeah. not that I'm taking a backbone on the DJ at all I'm still still very much doing it but I've just been so busy, you know, I haven't yeah. been doing as much DJing um, because I've just been flat out with doing the bookings and looking after the Alyssa parties and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah. but there's plenty of things coming up in the new year. I don't know if you want to plug the, the clothing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, getting right? back on the clothing. 
yeah, next year. We've yeah. a few designs there ready to go. Merchandise so. and everything and making a bit yeah. more of a brand yeah. about it. Yeah. 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 And definitely like check out the website www.elicitdublin.com. There's like that's something we kind of definitely going to be utilising more going into the new year. Yeah. Keith yeah. worked really hard on it. There's loads of content on it. Loads of different mixes. You know, we we're going to definitely get that back on track as well so we slow down we, we used to be releasing weekly Spotify updates and yeah, we have a playlist there yeah. mixes that lads would be sending in to us all the time from residents and, and then you know we'd have some articles done up as well Collie used to do some choice words he'd pick like his favourite EP and write some bits on it so uh, yeah loads of different bits are going to be coming up on that website uh, coming into the new year so definitely check it out Daily, looking forward to, to seeing it all yeah. Lads, no, I appreciate you just coming down. Thanks for having us, man. What an episode. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Signing out. <laughs> Workflow episode two with Ryan Hayden, Keyborn, Alyssa Dublin. Nice one, lads.